Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 145, the in honor of Schaefer on sports, a.k.a. Jonathan Schaefer, a highly touted producer from 104.5 The Zone. This is the Your Mom of Sodes. <laughs> Oh, man, you're gonna hit me with the, your mom of sods when I'm already down in the dumps. Uh, honestly, I thought that would have lifted your spirits after what we've just witnessed this weekend. That uh, so title comes via Goody, aka Real underscore Goody, on Twitter. Uh, a big Tupper, big supporter of the show. We appreciate you, Goody. Probably the only time this entire sode will be saying the words "real Goody." Uh, in terms of this Titans team, it is the sky is falling and my goodness, are we going to complain about it? It is a bad week to be a Titans fan and we will get into all of it, all of it. It is, I honestly, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to tease anymore. Let's just, let's do the whole relax the back thing and then let's freaking rant our asses off Jack. Okay. That sounds good to me. I'll go ahead and get into it. Look, CEO Glenn Ward over at Relax the Back has made it his mission to not just enhance sleep, but enhance people's lives. And the Relax the Back team has everything you need in order to start feeling better, working better, sleeping better, just living better in general. And you know what? If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and finding your eight hours of sleep every night and posture issues, you know, cause back stiffness, neck stiffness, go into Relax the Back. They've got Everything you could possibly need to correct these these issues. They've got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to maximize your sleep. They've got zero gravity chairs. They've got the most comfortable chairs. If you sit up at work and and type at your computer all day, they correct your posture while keeping you comfortable. It is awesome. You got to check it out. They've got so many luxury items in there that I know you'll enjoy. So go check them out at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. If you're unable to get there in person, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. It's the perfect Christmas present for a loved one. I'm telling you, they will thank you forever. So when you go in and you see Glenn, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. I also forgot to mention that if you've got a so title uh, for future episodes, which we are running low, it's about time for a refill of so titles. Send us your so titles at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, like Real Goody did for us. Uh, send them at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Just tweet them at us. Uh, something obscure or ridiculous about the Tennessee Titans, and we will name a future so that and give you credit, like our guy Goody. Now, with all that said, let's talk Titan. 
What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is December 14th, 2022. And Oxford's English Dictionary defines the word stubborn as having or showing dogged determination not to change one's attitude or position on something, especially in spite of good arguments or reasons to do so. To use it in a sentence, a stubborn refusal to learn from experience. Hmm. Or another example would be Mike Vrabel is so damn stubborn, it's going to tank this season. Jack, were you familiar with the word stubborn before today's sode? Yeah, I believe the uh, the language of origin is actually Tennessean, and <laughs> that shouldn't surprise anybody because Mike Vrabel, uh, you know, it, it's worked out for him being stubborn, trusting his guns. He's had two offensive coordinators that got head coaching jobs in Arthur Smith and Matt LaFleur. Uh, promotes another tight ends coach, Todd Downing, to OC. It's typically been a smooth transition since Vrabel's taken over. But for whatever reason, Todd Downing has, has I, I swear to you, nine live. He's, he's he's like a cat. He's like a Jaguar almost, except Jaguars these days. Um, they don't need nine lives anymore, as we saw on Sunday. But Todd Downing, he's like a cockroach. You just can't kill him. He's the new Logan Woodside. You can't get him out of the building no matter how hard you try, no matter what reason which the Titans have plenty on and off the field to part ways with him. He just won't go anywhere. So Mike Vrabel's stubbornness is really putting the Titans in a bind right now. And um, it's a frustrating loss. It's, it's more, I think this is the most frustrating loss of the season. And we talked about this before we started recording. The Bills loss was bad. 41-7. The Titans got nowhere. Second half, it was the Malik Willis show. But you can lose to the Bills. Like teams get blown out by Buffalo. They're good now, not forty-one-seven good. That's unacceptable. But you can't get blown out by the Jags at home. The crowd was yeah. booing. I mean, audibly booing, very loudly, not hiding anything. They weren't satisfied with the performance, and that was just at the end of the first half. It, like getting, it, it was awful. Getting blown out by any team in the NFL is frustrating, but getting blown out by the Bills, the Eagles, literally the cream of the NFL crop this season, I can. I can understand, okay? You have a bad day at office. Those teams are good enough to jump all over your ass. But when the Jacksonville Jaguars do it, literally basement dwellers of your own division come into your house and literally kick your ass to the point where at one point in the game, they go on a 26 to nothing run. A 26 to nothing run. Think about that in terms of this team and this offense specifically. 26 points. The Titans have scored 26 points in a game once this entire season. So when the Jaguars went on a 26 to nothing run in the game itself, pretty much told you that the game was over, that there was no coming back from it. It was an insurmountable lead. When the Jaguars put up over 30 points, it pretty much told you that there was no chance the Titans had to win this game. Why? Because we've only seen the Titans score 30 points or more once in their last 22 games. Oh my 30 God. points. That's not a crazy threshold. This is an offense where just two seasons ago, they averaged over 30 points. Now, it's like if they get 30 points, 
bro, you better go out and buy a mega millions because you're it's your damn lucky day. Let me update the Titans offensive output numbers for the season. Jack this is my favorite, favorite segment that we've grown to to install here on the Titan up podcast. Twenty seven, twenty four, twenty four, twenty one, nineteen, seventeen, seventeen. 17. That's my favorite little stretch right there where they just went three straight games at 17 points. 27, 16, 10, 22, which it was almost 14, but garbage time for, 22. Thank you for NWI's just strong ass hands in the back corner of the end zone. That's right. And uh, I won't read the text that you sent me about NWI during the game in a moment of frustration. I was uh, no, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Let's 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 come let's come clean. I'll be I'll be nothing if not 100% honest and transparent with this audience, Jack. And this is something that I very easily could and probably should bury just based off of this podcast relationship with our beloved NWI. We love Nick Westbrook Akine here. We love him. I was in a dark place on Sunday afternoon, as I'm dark. sure we all were. We all were we, in a dark place. You're right. We were all in moments of frustration. I unfortunately acted out on mine and I, I sent Jack Gentry, my tighten up podcast co-host, which we, we occasionally text throughout the game on Sunday, start to get our ideas down and start to think about, you know, takes for this podcast. And I, I'm really embarrassed by this, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I, I, I texted Jack and I said, I said, sorry, we, we did a lot of texting since Sunday. Sorry. There we go. I said, Oh gosh, I, this pains me. And I, I, I wish I could take this back, but I'm going to put it out there because again, we're nothing if not transparent to, to you, the tuppers. All right. We owe you that at very least, but I texted Jack at two 25 on Sunday. Okay. I said, just between us, NWI is terrible. Now that is probably one of the harshest text messages I have ever sent. Okay, that's that might be meaner than the than the Zach Mettenberger tweets that I read to him on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it it was harsh. Like of all the people to single in on and and, it, it, and you know it, call I, terrible. You know, NWI is like deep down that list. I know, and he is he's 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 getting better. He's much better this season than he was last. Like he's becoming a uh, like you can you can even just tell by the number of targets he gets. Tannehill's trusting him more and more. Mm -hmm. I think I was just frustrated because uh, one, the interception play um, where where he kind of ran that sound wasn't even looking. That's just miscommunication. That could have been as much of Tannehill's problem as it was NWI's. And then later on, I think there was another target that I don't know if he dropped it or or whatever, but something triggered me to say that. And I look, I take it back. I don't mean it. It was I was in a fit of rage, and Jack just responded with "no" with four O's. <laughs> And then he said, but this entire team is, <laughs> which I don't hate that take. The NWI is not terrible, but the team is. They're playing and terribly right they now. Are the last three games. So bad. And it, that brings us back to the Todd Downing conversation. Because now, real quick, before you get back, I will say that you did come back around 
three hours later, unprovoked. <laughs> that text came from a dark spot today. I'm sorry. And I accepted your apology. Yeah, but I did apologize. Exactly right. like, it took me it took me three hours to come come down from the dark place where I was. <laughs> but I did apologize to Jack for that text. I did not mean it. It was an NWI. We love you. We always will. Um, but I that but that brings us back to this offense. Uh, this is an offense that currently ranks um 26th in points per game, yards per game, even worse, 29th. Uh, the yards per play, they are 22nd in yards per play, which honestly, I'm surprised there are 10 teams worse than them based off of what we've seen this year. Derrick Henry picked up 96 yards in the first quarter, a career high first quarter yardage for him against the Jaguars. So you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a big game. This is going to be like the Texans game a few weeks ago where he puts up over 200. They're just going to keep feeding Derrick Henry the rock. Vintage Derrick Henry versus the Jaguars. That's what it looks like. That's what it looked like. He picked up over uh, like 100 yards by by halftime. You're thinking, wow, okay, here we go. 119 yards at halftime. Derrick Henry picked up two yards in the second half. Now, look, I get it. The Jaguars got the ball to start the second half. The the team could not be stopped. The Titans could not pick up a first down on the first few drives of the second half. It was all Jaguars in the second half. But I still don't get it. I still don't understand that. I don't understand a lot of things about this offense. And so which leads many of us. I mean, there's been many of us that have been on this this uh, on on the bandwagon that is Todd Downing. The Titans are not going to have success offensively while Todd Downing is holding the Waffle House menu. Like it's not that's not going to happen. As long as the headset is on his head on Sunday afternoons, the Titans are going to struggle offensively. It has been like that since he came in uh, last season. It has been like that all of this season. Obviously, we just went over the numbers. Todd Downing, it is is the problem. It is so evident. And it's not just that he's the problem here in Tennessee. He was the problem in in Oakland slash Las Vegas. He was the problem when the Raiders had him as an offensive coordinator. Derek Carr's second worst season of his entire career came when Todd Downing, in the one year Todd Downing was his, was his offensive coordinator. They went from like sixth to 15th best uh, offense in the league. Like just a huge trans, uh, uh, uh regressions in every phase of football and so clearly you think okay Mike Vrabel is a very smart football mind he's a genius this is a guy who bested bested freaking Bill Belichick in a playoff game in Foxborough if he can outsmart the goat of coaches clearly he knows football but then you hear him on the coaches show on 104.5 the zone last night well excuse me on Monday night Last night for us when we're recording this. And Mike Keith just flat out asked him, you said you were open to any changes. You're open to suggestions on how to better this football program. What are you going to do? Would you be willing to any coaching changes? And Vrabel basically said, not in season. Let's play the sound right here. Another Twitter question. You said in a recent press conference that you're open to the idea of things that need to be made in terms to improve the team. So where are you currently in the idea of organization changes, coaching changes? Uh, we're, we're not going to make any coaching changes uh, during the season. 
you know, that's those are things that I evaluate at the end of the season. Um, you know, I see uh, what's being taught. You know, I, I have uh, the luxury of of going into each and every room. I, I hear what's being coached. I hear the details. Um, I, I hear the, the design of each and every play. Um, so that's you know that's not something that you know I, I'm going to be doing um, right now. Uh, but again, we'll evaluate everything at the end of the season. Um, you know, and go from there. I, I, I'm going insane, Jack. I am l- going literally insane because this team is insane. They're trying the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. I don't look, I, you can say it's bad luck. It's a trend or whatever. But when this team has a, a negative, I think it's over 70 uh, point differential in the second half. Th- something has to be done. It is not working, whatever you are trying to do. They're trying to stick a square peg in a round hole, and it's not fitting. It's not fitting. Todd Downing is that square peg. He's that square peg. And I I don't know how many times they're going to try it. The brute strength of Rabel, who is very strong, I should add, is not going to fit Todd Downing's square peg into that round hole. It's just not working. And you rattled off a bunch of the numbers where the Titans rank in terms of the NFL on different offensive categories. The Titans also lead the league in three and outs. But the most troubling stat, and I'll get to it in a second. 46. 46 series this year we have seen this team not be able to convert a first down. Austin, when the Titans are at their best, when they're winning games late, when they're closing out opponents in the fourth quarter, how do they usually go about doing that? When they're by running the football. By running the football, right? Derrick Henry will score a touchdown late in the game to seal the deal, put the game on ice. Here's a stat for you. Derrick Henry hasn't scored a fourth quarter touchdown in 14 games. Gosh. In his last 14 oh games, he has not found Pater in the fourth quarter. That is a, a huge, 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 I mean, error in Todd Downing. It's it's holding this team back, like, like we've said in the passing game, but the run game, and I get it. You've got Dennis Daly, who I think, you know, John Robinson – you could argue the A.J. Brown trade and getting shown up by A.J. in Philadelphia was probably what got him fired. I think it's how he handled the left tackle position after Taylor Lewan went down. There's plenty of options, veteran options in free agency. There's trades you could make at the deadline. John Robinson sat on his hands. And Dennis Daly, who I'm referring to now as either the Tennessee turnstile or the Titans traffic cone, is mm-hmm. literally just a glorified speed bump on Ryan Tannehill's blind side. I- I don't think we should. I don't think we should coin him with either of those nicknames. They're a tad offensive to, turn to both turnstiles and codes. I, it's, it's, that's that's too mean, dude. Do not compare turnstiles and traffic cones to Dennis Daly because uh, at least they at least traffic goes around a, uh, a a a traffic cone. Okay, Dennis Daly, guys will just go straight through him, which they did multiple times on Sunday. He's the worst left tackle in football, and it's gotten to a point where. You have to try something else. I don't care if it is a traffic cone that you bring in. There's got to be somebody on this roster, Dylan Radins perhaps, who is liking tweets that are, are descriptive about Daly's negative performance. He's sitting there liking those, putting those out in the public, where I, I know back in the day you couldn't see what people liked, but now on timelines it'll say Dylan Radins liked this tweet, and boom, <laughs> yeah, right. it's talking crap about Dennis dude, Daly. It's bad. Dude. 
Put damn Randy Bullock at left tackle. Try anything. Because whatever Dennis Daly is doing, whatever he is giving you, the output every single week, it is not working. Look, He is literally, we are witnessing history this season as Dennis Daly is leading the highest sack percentage allowed with a minimum of 300 snaps, the highest sack percentage allowed since 2014, okay? 2.8% of his snaps. 2.8% sack percentage on a minimum of of 300 snaps, okay? That is better than the next closest guy this season, Jonah Williams with 1.7%, okay? Now, keep in mind, Dennis Daly, his 2022 season is tops on this list. And this is a list of uh, over, you know, uh, probably 25 guys. David Quesenberry is also on the list from last season, but he's only at 1.7. Okay. (laughs) A near whole percentage point higher Dennis Daly is. Now, if you scroll down this list a little bit. Oh, that's weird. Oh, there's Dennis Daly's name again, just with the Panthers logo next to it in 2019. (laughs) My man is the only one on this list that is on here twice, twice. And look, I get it. John Robinson traded a fifth round pick. You probably feel some due diligence, like you have to start the man, okay? But guess what? John Robinson's gone. So Dennis Daly can be too. You can't tell me that there isn't a better. You remember how we went through this whole discussion, Jack, when the Titans were struggling to find a kicker, a reliable kicker. And we said, just go on YouTube and look up field goal trick shots and find any one of those guys who are looking for a kicking job and sign them off the street. I feel the same way about Dennis Daly. Sign anyone off the street. Those numbers that you read out on daily, I mean, he's not just the worst offensive ta- or left tackle, maybe offensive tackle in football in 2022. He's one of the worst over the last decade. And the fact that the Titans gave up a fifth or yeah, excuse me, a fifth round pick for daily and a seventh for the Panthers. What the hell was J Rob thinking? I mean, dude, who he evaluates this dude. If he had a, an equal, almost an equally, almost as equally as bad of a season as he's having this year. With the Panthers, I mean, the writing was on the wall the whole time. We're we're just bringing in warm bodies at this point. Like, you got to do better than that. And going back to Todd Downing, Mike Vrabel's stubbornness, and we we were just talking about John Robinson's stubbornness, sticking with the guys he traded for, doubling down on these guys that never worked. Mike Vrabel's stubbornness to keep Todd Downing around makes no sense because you need a you you desperately need to find a spark heading into the playoffs. You've got to be playing your best football in December, like the Bengals were last year. And before the season started, we were like, oh yeah, uh, the Titans, they're not going to be the best team in football. They don't have the best roster in football, but the Bengals showed that you just have to get hot at the right time. So we were hoping that the Titans would go, you know, would go down a similar path that the Bengals did last year. They're playing their worst football in December. Okay. And the only, the only way, to light a fire under this team because clearly firing John Robinson didn't work is by switching play callers. You don't have to fire Downing. Keep him on staff. Keep him in the building. Let him hold doors for uh, for, for for Kelly as he walks in and reads off the game plan for this week against the Chargers. you got to switch the play callers. Find a spark. The worry about setting this offense back, this offense is in the back of the pack. They're not even in like the bottom third. They're in the bottom three. 
of the league. So you, you, there is no, uh, we can't make this change this late in the season because there's not enough time for the offense to figure it out. Through 14 weeks, 13 games, the Titans offense hasn't figured anything out. Why is that so far-fetched for Mike Vrabel to, to just make the switch? You'd think that, uh, given any of the numbers that we've thrown out so far today, would be reason enough. Th- those are damning numbers. You'd think any of those reasons would be enough, let alone just the play on the field. Just just, just watching tape. I, I feel like the, the, this team, they, they play so piss poor every week that they just bury the tape without watching it first. Because that's the only ex- explanation I can have as to why Todd Downing is still allowed to have his fingerprints on this offense. Now, but the most damning stat to me, Jack, who is this team's MVP? Who is the best player on this Titans roster? Well, it's Derrick Henry. It, 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 if it's not Derrick Henry, then it's Kevin Byard and Jeff. No, you, you nailed Henry. it. Derrick Henry, okay? Derrick Henry, number 22, the king himself, the best running back in football, okay? Clearly, Derrick Henry is, is a cheat code. You you have him on your, your roster. You're going to have a good running game, right? Right? You'd think. Not in not if Todd Downing is your offensive play caller, because right now the Titans rank in the bottom half of the NFL when it comes to rushing yards. They are currently ranked 16th in the NFL in terms of rushing yards. Okay, that's pathetic. You have Derrick Henry and you're in the bottom half. The Jacksonville Jaguars run the football better than you. The Jaguars. Which you got a good taste of the Carolina Panthers with our guy uh, Deontay Foreman. Shout out Deontay, we miss you. We miss you much. badly, Deontay. But I mean, we have Derek Henry healthy now, so you're not as needed as you were. But we still miss the, you. The Washington Command Skins football team, Jack, has a better rushing attack than the Tennessee Titans, and their running the back luck- got shot in the knee before the season started. <laughs> It is it is it is brutally and painfully bad that this 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 offense is the 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 Atlanta Falcons have a wide receiver starting at running back and they have a better offensive rushing attack than you. (laughs) This it is just beyond fathomable. It it, is it's bad right now. I I will say this in. Somewhat of a defense of Todd Downing. What? Yeah. The Titans turned it over four times uh, on Sunday. You can't I, turn look, it over four times and expect to win. And that's and that's that I think is the microcosm for Sunday's game alone. That's why the game got so out of hand. You you're right. You can't turn the football over. And Todd Downing can't hold on to the football. Todd Downing can't, you know, make tan. I mean, he, look, I think his play calling in, in the game against the Bengals in the divisional round of the playoffs single-handedly caused some Ryan Tannehill turnovers. But on Sunday alone, that's not Downing's fault. You're right. But this is more than just Sunday. Sunday was just another notch on his crappy ass bedazzled belt that nobody wants to see anymore. I sure. I want I like I I want to take that belt and I want to wrap it around my neck. I'm sorry, that was too <laughs> oh far. God. No, that is no, I didn't all I, I'm saying is this this team, like it's to me going into the season, watching the Tennessee Titans like 
at the very beginning of the season, I think all of us thought, yeah, the Titans are have an outside shot at a Super Bowl. Okay, they they're coming off a year where they were the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, their 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 offense, like their roster, took a little bit of a hit. But with the coaching of Mike Vrabel, you felt like this team could go in and beat anyone. Just okay? last month, we were talking about how the Titans could play the Chiefs in the playoffs because Malik Willis somehow took them to overtime, even though they should have yeah. won regulation. I mean, we were we were having the conversation that the, the Titans could give the Bills and Chiefs a run the, for their money in the postseason. The Titans took the Chiefs to overtime without completing a pass to a wide receiver. Okay, the, yeah, the, we we felt confident in this team even after that Chiefs loss. I'll say. But somehow over this three-game skid, and it is a skid, mind you. It is a literal skid mark on <laughs> the underpants of this team. It is with their with the shit performances that they have performed that they have delivered over the last few weeks. It is it is our I my mindset has gone from Titans outside chance of a Super Bowl. Obviously, you and I predicted them to go 17 and 0, but an outside shot at the Super Bowl. To now, I will be absolutely shocked. No joke. Jaw on the ground shocked if this team wins a playoff game. How the mighty have fallen. And it's going to be just 14 weeks. The playoff game is going to be in Tennessee, which is nice. But realistically, right now. Is it nice, though? Is it nice this team has no home field advantage? This team is almost worse at home than they they got booed. And they got booed. And people are, are. not that you know they've the Titans have ever had a, a you know a 90 100% type crowd over the last decade it people are going to stop going to the games because the offense is so bad it's not only cold and you can watch it from home which you know is i, I think hurting attendance rates across the league in markets that aren't Kansas City Buffalo and you know your real blue bloods but it, it's it's definitely an issue and I don't know with Christmas coming around. I think that you can compare Todd Downing to Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, right? Except Todd Downing is Rudolph, the red haired plain beer, right? He's that's, that's all we've come to know Todd Downing as since that incident in green Bay after his masterpiece, they've lost three straight games since that happened. It's impossible for him, you know, to really block that out, especially with what he told to the, to the arresting officer that, He's rushing home to get to his family because of threats they were receiving. I mean, he's got a whole lot of stuff hovering above him, above him. But I don't think Mike Vrabel is doing him any favors by just dragging him along. I mean, the the guy the guy has no legs to stand on anymore. Mike Vrabel is literally just dragging him across the finish line for the rest of the season just so he can throw him in the trash can as soon as it ends. Make the move now. Cut the bait now. It, it makes no sense to continue on with this. We've seen it for almost two seasons now. It's not working. They've got to change something. This is their opportunity to do so with a few weeks before the postseason against teams like the Jaguars and the Texans. So you can kind of build some confidence in a new system by beating those guys, even though the Jags are not the same team that we're used to. I I, I wish he was Rudolph because then we, we wouldn't l- – allow him to join in any in year games. Okay. But unfortunately, as long as Mike Vrabel is the head coach for this season, at least he's going to be so like we can scream and shout about Todd Downing all we want, but nothing is going to change. So I, and I tweeted the other day, as soon as I saw that quote from Vrabel, see you next season. 
I guess it, it this season is 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 done. Uh, uh, time of death two forty eight p.m. on uh, Tuesday, December thirteenth. I'm calling. Oh no, it. you're ruling them dead. Yeah, I'm calling it. The season is is it, if you're going to continue to roll out that offensive output and be proud of it, then 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 you might as well just go ahead and pull the plug on the season. You might as well. And y- you know what? You know the good thing about them go ahead and waving the white flag on this season is that that means we're that much closer to finally making a change at uh, on the off in the coaching staff of the, the offensive side of this football. Okay. That, that, that is the only positive about Mike Vrabel sticking with his guns because the season will end sooner. So right now, December uh, 13th, Tuesday, December 13th at two forty eight PM time of death. It's done. The Titans, the, the Titans are, uh, this season is, is, is over. I, I, there's not a way. And you know, like even me, the eternal optimist, I love to just think that this team can still shock people when, especially when they're underdogs, they thrive as underdogs, but this offense is too hard to overcome. This offense cannot produce. They cannot score points. They haven't scored more than 27 points this entire season. And even then they've only done that once. There's one thing that the Titans offense is doing right, right now. And that's feeding Chigakonkwo. Chigakonkwo is one of the only, you know, bright spots on this offense right now. You're obviously missing Traylon Burks. You've got Derrick Henry in the backfield, though he's only rushed for over 100 yards in one of his last five games. You need – we all – Hashtag we thanks, Todd. We always talk about how he gets better as the season goes along. That hasn't been the case this year. And you got Chigakonkwo, though. He is averaging 15.2 yards per catch this season. He Good things happen when Chig gets the ball. 15.2 yards per catch. That's tied with Terry McLaurin, Devontae Adams, and Justin Jefferson. He's just 21 catches on the season. And while I understand they were working in a late-round draft pick after signing Austin Hooper, who's been you know essentially a zero this season, Okonkwo has 13 of his 21 catches in the last three games, but that's not good enough. I need Chigakonkwo to touch the ball at a minimum of five times per game. Averaging 15.2 yards per reception when the Titans – don't have a, a big play passing game, that's your answer right there, or at least that's yeah. the band-aid. Well, and then you'll work Jack- on getting Christian Fulton back to Nico Autry back. I look, I understand that the Titan ceiling um we drastically overestimated halfway through the season, but this team is still capable of winning a home playoff game. Who knows? Maybe they get a, a an injured Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to come to town for a little <laughs> revenge game. Who knows? Maybe the Jets sneak in there as the top wildcard team. But right now, it's looking like either the Chargers, who we'll be seeing on Sunday, or the Miami Dolphins, who will absolutely throw the ball all over the Titans' secondary. Jack. It's, it's concerning to think about, but there is still, and I know a lot of Titans fans don't want to hear it right now, right? It's burn it down, fire everyone. They can still win a playoff game. They just probably Jack. can't win two. Jack, Jack, Jack. Jack, keep in mind this team. This team against teams that are over five hundred. Uh, what they're they're what six and uh, what are what? Well, I, I don't, don't think, even know what they are. I don't think they've won against. I don't think. No, they've won one. They've won one game against teams that are over five hundred this season. One game, okay. And then on on Sunday, they literally just lost to a team that is not just under five hundred, but they're under. Freaking, they're somehow under the Mendoza line. That's not even a, the right sport. Okay. 
But Jack, I, I need you real quick. I, I can see you on Zoom. I need you to cover up a little bit because your naivety is showing. OK, this is uh, you can you can think that this team can win a playoff game. And yeah, this team can win a playoff game if it was 2021, if it was 2020, if it was 2019, especially 2019. Jack, this is this team. They they're 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 continuing to pour out more of the same. And and I look and I love the optimism for Chig. I agree with you with Chig. Chig needs to touch the ball more. but. Since you just said it out loud, I think I'm afraid you just jinxed it because the coach Klein that we have running this offense is <laughs> is sitting there in a dark, damp room with a with a trashy ass water jug in the corner, and he's sitting there thinking, "Ooh, Chig needs the ball more." But then defenses are going to think that Chig needs to get the ball more, so we'll fake to Chig. No, 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 we'll fake to fake Chig. Wait a minute. No, no, no. We'll fake a fake to fake to Chig. <laughs> and that right there is probably what is going on in the internal monologue of one Todrick Downing. And I, I'm afraid, Jack, there's just it is you're 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 far too optimistic for this year's team because you know why? I've got 14 weeks to prove you wrong no and even more weeks. than that and even all of last season well, well and all of last season yeah exactly i the last 22 games this team has scored more than 31 time last 22 games all right you mean to tell me that a team that you face in the playoffs isn't going to score 30 points especially if you place face the dolphins hell the jets could put up 30 points on you well uh, listen there's every look the dolphins the chargers the I don't think the Jets could do it. The Bengals could do it. The Ravens could do it if Lamar gets back. I mean, all of the wild card teams that we're talking about that the Titans might face could all put up 30 on you. The defense is going to have to get healthy, going to have to come to play. I'm with you. Look, it's it's more likely than not that the Titans are one and done in the postseason, especially if they continue to trend downwards. Okay, I, I just, I'm not ready to throw out the entire possibility of them possibly winning one home playoff game. Now, I know we're splitting hairs because – can you really call that a successful season on the back end of a Super Bowl window? I don't think you can. I don't even think one playoff win, and we may have said something differently before the season started, but I don't think one playoff win constitutes a successful oh, season anymore in Tennessee. No, 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 no. This season, this season, if they win one playoff game, that is the freaking Super Bowl. And I mean that. I I 100% mean that. Think, keep in mind, this is a team that has struggled to win a playoff game in the last two seasons, Okay. They've gone one and done in both seasons this year with as trash ass as that offense has been. If they can win a playoff game, my gosh, hand them the Lombardi. You know what's going to happen? Hand, hand, hand the Titans their own separate Lombardi trophy for winning a playoff game. If they can do it, I don't think they can. I I, I legitimately don't think that, that there's no fire left in this fan base. There's no fire at home. There is no fire on the offensive side of the football. And even if there is, which there is, sorry, there is fire on the offensive side of the football. He wears number 22. But when he puts up over 100 yards in the first half, he gets two in the second half. Like nothing is can. Mike Vrabel says we like, oh, we have to be consistent. It, it's all about being consistent in this league. Mike, well, well done. Good job for keeping Todd Downing on staff because no, there's no one more consistent 
than Todd Downing. He's consistently bad. That is like when when Derrick Henry puts up 96 yards in the first quarter and puts up only two in the final two quarters, I'm not shocked anymore. Derrick Henry put up 92 yards in the second quarter alone against the Chiefs. And it's not like and Todd he's... Downing's afraid to give him the ball. Like he, giving Derrick Henry the ball on second down and 10 has become a theme for this Titans offense. And there is a fire on offense. It's, it's called a dumpster fire. That's what it's been lately. It's disappointing, and you know what? I, I think that this is what's going to happen. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to play his best playoff game of his career, and the Titans are still going to lose because Todd Downing <laughs> wants to call a gadget play that results in a fumble in their own territory. The play no. that pissed me off the most on Sunday was when the game he, was he's going to Todd Downing is going to somehow get the ball to Algie Crumbler in in the playoff game. That's we all know it. Is Luke Stocker on this roster right now. Is he on the practice squad? I feel like a I I long for the days of Matt LaFleur handing the ball off to Luke Stocker. That I long for those days, Jack. <laughs> Gosh, I mean those were just just as terrible of times. But I I think that that's going to happen and the play that drove me absolutely nuts on Sunday, not that the the camel's back hasn't already been snapped 20 times over, but <laughs> The the play call where Ryan Tannehill faked the bad snap going over his head, and it was which first of all, it was literally I, a bad snap that went uh, like uh, to Derrick Henry's feet. What that, the hell are we doing on offense? Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to give I got to give Tannehill's props on that play. He Tannehill it. he sold the hell out of it, and you're probably like, well, yeah, it's easy to sell because it was a legitimate bad snap. <laughs> sure, maybe yes, but he faked it like the snap went over his head. And I bet the defense for a second there was like, wait, did the ball go over his head or is that the ball right there at Derrick Henry's feet? I'm for a split second. I'm sure it it juked him out for a little bit, which kudos to Ryan Tannehill. That was the best thing the offense did all day it's, was that it, fake by Tannehill. All of those plays that Todd Downing runs, whether it's the Malik Willis end arounds, whether it's the read options that he brings Malik Willis on when the Titans are moving the football to kill all momentum, just the gadget plays that worked under Arthur Smith for some reason, they never were. I mean, not once do they have they worked with Todd down and calling the shots. And I, I said it on the morning show with Zach on Tuesday morning. For those who missed, go check it out. The Titans' offense is not coordinated. That is that falls on the offensive coordinator. Todd yeah. Downing can't get it together. He wants to get cute when he can't even run the basics. It's it's frustrating. It's infuriating. It's not changing. Mike Vrabel's too stubborn to do it. He's waving that white flag as he dies on the Downing Hill. It it is it really is sad. And the white flag, it's not the white flag. I don't even know this or not. It's not even a flag. It's their it's their skid marked tidy whities that he's waving <laughs> up in the air because they that that and it is that that skid mark is again this three game skid that they are on. This was a team that was seven and three. They are now seven and six. They if they lose on Sunday, which is a very real possibility, they're going to be five hundred. We're looking at a five hundred football team. Okay, a team that was flirting with the number one seed for a second straight year just a month ago. Not just that either. The AFC South, like you're starting to have to pay attention to other teams now. When when this was a runaway three weeks ago, oh, you're now looking over your shoulder. Oh, yeah, let's Jackson's not. Let's, playing today. Yeah. Oh, oh hey, hey. Guess what? Titan guess fans. what's guess what's on the week eight? Guess what's the regular season finale in week eighteen? A road trip to Jacksonville that could decide the division. They're, the Titans and, ja and Jacksonville could have the same divisional record if they both beat the Texans before the regular season finale. And if they do both beat the Texans, 
then the, the Jags could get in on a tie break if they have equal records. Oh, and yeah. See, actually, possible. Uh, like the, the Chargers and the Cowboys are, are no cakewalk. I mean, those are very difficult games to win. Those are two playoff um, teams. The only um, playoff um, team the Titans have beaten this year is the Washington Commandskins football team. <laughs> and and thank goodness for them having a midseason turnaround and finding some hope in Taylor Heineke because that win looks good. At the times when they beat them, it was the Carson Wentz uh, commanders, and they they sucked. So, like, thank you, commanders, for getting good after we beat you. So even, at least we look at least somewhat competent. Even with Carson Wentz, they were the better team on Sunday that day. Jack, I I do. I'm I'm here. I am checking myself out in the Zoom, and now here my naivety is is showing. I need to cover up, uh, Jack, because this. Why I don't even know why you you bring up a great point. I don't even know why I'm assuming that this team is going to be in the playoffs. Okay, like, come on. No, Whoa. I like it, it's a real possibility, Jack. That the the Colts could very easily win out. The Jaguars, hell, still have a shot at this division. The Colts can't with the win way out. they're playing. With the way they're playing versus the way the team that I just saw play on Sunday is playing. It's a very real possibility that uh, that Trevor Lawrence and the offensive weapons that he has could overtake this division. It's it, look, it's a long shot, but I'm again, nothing will surprise me. Nothing yeah, will surprise me anymore. You're looking in the rearview mirror. Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. That's how it is with Jacksonville chasing the Titans right now. To finish out Jacksonville's season, they get the Cowboys at home. Then they go on the road to the Jets, on the road to the Texans, finish up with the Titans in Duval County. So they've got a big game against Dallas this week, but they can afford to lose one game as long as the Titans lose to both the Chargers and the Cowboys, and then the Jags beat the Titans in the regular season finale. And boom, just like that, Jacksonville takes the division. Comes out, sweeps your legs out from under you. So it's 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 a realistic possibility that the Titans do miss out on the playoffs. However, uh, you know, a few stars would have to align in the galaxy of, of miracles. And uh, I, I'm just not so confident that Jacksonville's able to do that, no matter how great they looked on Sunday and how poorly the Titans looked in losing to the Jags. As we speak, the Titans, uh, uh, this is literally going down as, as we speak. The Titans have added a trio to their practice squad. Quarterback Kevin Hogan, all right? Outside linebacker Zach McLeod. And guard Jordan Ruse. Um, Jordan Ruse, any chance he could play tackle? I believe he just, was with the Titans earlier on the practice squad. He he may be a cycle guy. They've just brought back in. You know, it's I mean, it's been look, it's been a crazy week of moves. Let's talk about some of the guys they got rid of this week. Big Merch, uh, yeah, Lorel Merch, Jordan Jordan Ruse was yeah previous previous uh, Tennessee Titaner uh, coming back out of Purdue. We, he, we uh, remember the Titan, but they did lose two guys: Lorel Murchison, who Murch. we're going to get through this offseason. The Rams claimed Lorel Murchison. That was a or Yanni move. Yanni Yanni Murchison, based mm-hmm. on what you hear. I was a little surprised by that, but I guess they're pretty confident in Naquan Jones, Tier Tart, and you know some of those other guys they have on the D-line De- DeMarcus Walker just a bunch of guys that have stepped up this season when they need them um the other move definitely surprised me the Titans cut Ola Adani pass rusher and I, like I just said I, they've had pass rushers step up this year but Ola Adani was supposed to be you know a really key rotational pass rusher coming into the season this move surprises me and maybe it's Ryan Cowden saying you know what I don't, I don't like that these guys are here. We're going to clear out room. We're going to bring in Kevin Hogan for God knows what reason. Um, and 
then I guess find Jordan Ruse because uh, you got to turn over every single rock to find a capable left tackle that can replace the Tennessee turnstile. More shocking cut in Nashville this week. Uh, Ola getting cut from the Titans or Ellie Tolvanen uh, getting cut by the Preds. Tolvanen shocked me. I, I'm yeah, not right. I, I don't agree with that, man. Are the are the Preds like pull, are like Pred like did the Titans call in a favor to the Preds and be like, hey, could you guys make just one ridiculous? Uh, uh, <laughs> you make move? us look better here, like yeah. Can you, you guys like a, look? A guy that was supposed to be a cornerstone piece to this right. rebuild. Remember when we that. tweeted during the during your playoff run, like go Preds, you guys owe us for that, okay? <laughs> so could you please just make a move that will kind of at least take away some of the attention away from uh, the ridiculous moves we're doing over here on the yeah, other maybe, side of the river? Maybe Ellie Tolvanen could play left tackle. Hell, maybe I, he could play running back. The Titans are down. Hassan Haskins and Dontrell Hilliard got hurt. Big Julius Chestnut came in. Um, man. Could you imagine if Shea Weber was still with the Preds? Like with that size, dude, I would sign him to be the Titans tackle right away. Um, Jack, I, 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 I don't, I, 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 I've completely forgot where I was going. I was going to say something very insightful, and now I'm just like, that's what this team is doing to me, Jack. I'm like, it's mine. I'm just down. Literally. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm down because. It is so hard. And you and I have talked about the championship window for so long. And it is, I mean, that, that, that championship window is, is pretty much shut even, I mean, like, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when you start looking ahead to the off season, which I've been doing a lot of recently, knowing that this team is not going to make a run in January, you, you think, okay, uh, Tannehill comes off the books. Do you re-sign him to a one-year deal, maybe? Do you try and bring him back? Well, they got an option um, for Tannehill, and I, I do believe that they'll bring him back. But will they have enough cap space to rebuild this offensive line to to bolster the defense? Like what I like I it's just it's just I, they're in a dark the, the Titans are in a, a bad spot right now. And I'm so grateful that Amy Adams Strunk was in person on Sunday. I'm glad that that the boss lady was there to witness not only a train wreck on the field, but Titans fans booing the hell out of this offense for not being able to produce anything. I kind of wish Amy Adams Strunk would pull her, I'm the boss, Mike, you got to do something with your coaching staff. She never would. She's a better boss than that. She would never do that. She is a, a business-minded woman. She's not going to infringe on and and this is what that's what good bosses do good but bosses she, let you let you work let you do your thing and they very uh, look at a to z as a company okay zach and austin they very rarely do they say hey uh jack and austin this is what you guys need to do on the tighten up pod this week very rarely they let us do our thing they step back that's what good bosses do they let people shine they trust they put their trust in people that is what that is they really what, they really never tell us what to do. I mean, no, no, they, 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 honestly, they they probably should tell us what to do a little <laughs> bit more often because we are we go off the rails sometimes. But I Amy Adams drunk just lets her people be she she trusts them. She lets them work. So she's never going to pull out her boss card and say, Mike, you have to make a move with the offense that because she no knows sense. that Mike knows football better than her. That would However, make no sense because. I mean, she just proved her loyalty to Vrabel by firing John Robinson, right? Even if yeah. Vrabel and Robinson got along, that move was pretty much like, all right, Mike, like 
you're the golden child. You're not going to go anywhere unless you want to leave. Right. So we trust you to fix this operation. But, and, you know, right now you can't go back to Vrabel and then say, oh, hey, Mike, um, I actually want to fix one more thing. Uh, Todd Downing's got to go. You got to change it up there. I, and who knows? Maybe Downing maybe Downing does take a backseat with play calling. I mean, I, when Vrabel said that he's going to evaluate at the end of the season, the coaching staff, and, you know, he's in all these meetings and he hears the calls and he sees the designs. The decision's already made on Todd Downing. He's not going to be back next year. I, I don't care if the Titans win the Super Bowl. Todd Downing will not be back next season. The decision's I made. Will. Why can't they just move on already and try and find rhythm heading, heading into the postseason? It's just kind of get a head start like they do with John Robinson. John Robinson's uh, calendar year was done. Uh, you know, he's getting ready. The GM's job now is getting ready to prepare for 2023, going to uh, uh, senior uh, senior polls and all of that crap and starting the scouting for the upcoming year. Amy Adam Strunk said, let's get ahead of that. Let's get ahead of it. Vrabel, why don't you do it? And and I get it. I get it. There's, there's more to it than just handing the play card over to someone else. When you hand, you know, say you go from Todd Downing to Tim Kelly calling offensive plays, there is a schematic change there. All right. And, and that's something that you don't want to, put on your players this deep into a season guys have their routines guys have their ways and that's a lot of times why you don't see the changes in season however when it's this bad when it is this bad consistently bad how like and that's where i feel like i'm losing my mind that's why i feel like i'm 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 freaking i'm i'm taking crazy pills because I don't see how someone as smart-minded as him, as Mike Vrabel, can't just swallow his pride and say, we got to do something in internally. Because externally, nothing is working. And it's just, it's, it's just hard. So, But at least he gave us the closure. At least he gave us the closure of Monday night of basically saying, look, I know you all want changes. And I asked you for suggestions in the suggestion box on Sunday after the game. And I pulled out the first one and it says fire Todd Downing on it. <laughs> and then I just ripped that piece of paper up and I said, okay, any other suggestions? The suggestion because box not, is Mike Vrabel's trash can. That's what I'm it not, is. Yeah, he said, I'm not taking, okay, I'll take any suggestions that you have for me. Oh, except for the first one that you have for me, because uh, I'm not doing that. At least he told us, hey, I'm not making a change. So then we can basically say, OK, cool. Then we know that this team is giving up on the season. And I guess I can kind of give up on the season as a fan. I can kind of just assume that uh, if they're going to phone it in for the last four weeks of the season and uh, one week of playoffs, if they're lucky to get there, I then I guess I can as well. And I can take my Sundays less serious. I'm going to be way more sarcastic on Twitter. And th this is coming from a guy who has been pretty damn sarcastic throughout the season. Uh, it is going to be, I, I'm going to run rough shot. I just dropped a video today of five minutes of sarcasm of why the Titans should not fire Todd Downing. I'm just going to continue more of that. If that's what they're going to give me, I, I then I'm just going to phone it in and just go through the motions until the season ends for them. The Titans for the rest of the season are playing sarcasta ball for <laughs> South Park. Yeah. Fans. All right, let's get to Bet MGM before we get to Keith Bullock, who's coming on the podcast, by the way. 
New users, download the BetMGM app, use promo code A to Z Sports, A T O Z Sports, for a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. Right now, as it stands on Tuesday afternoon, the Titans are three point underdogs to the Chargers this weekend. Do you trust the team to go on the road and pick up a win? I don't know. They haven't really done much to earn that trust. Do you bet against them? Hey, the Colts, they're heading up to Minnesota. I don't think that Ted Lasso can pull off that win, so maybe a fade the Colts. It's a risk-free bet, and it's totally up to you. So no sweat if you lose it. Just make sure you plug in promo code ATOZ Sports to take advantage of this great offer before the holidays. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. And now it's got to be the back. All right, we are joined now by uh, one of this uh, podcast favorite uncles, uh, a guy who's joined us many times before, uh, Mr. Monday Night himself, a guy who, good night, we could really use this season just where we're. Uh, Keith, we're in a dark place, man. Uh, we're in a dark place. We're happy. I feel like your smile alone is something that can bring all Titans fans joy. But, Keith, it is, I don't even know where to start because this, this the, the team is on a three-game skid right now. They're playing terribly and more so on the offensive side of the football. The defense has always held great. Ever since Mike Vrabel has been the coach, we've always had confidence in this defense. It's the offense that is uh, not doing anything. You as a defensive guy, first off, was there a team when you that when you played when like the offense just sucked ass and you were just very frustrated as a defensive player because you're like, I'm doing everything we can. We're we're holding teams to fewer than 20 points per game, and yet our offense can't manage to outscore that. It, has that ever happened to you? And and what is the feeling like for for you, a defensive guy? Yeah. Um... That's definitely, I've definitely been a part of that. And you know what? It's such a team sport that, you know, it's kind of hard to get on your guys because real, realistically, that's like your brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you guys do the pod, you guys do the podcast together. You guys, if somebody's not picking up this slack, you're going to pick up the slack. You're going to tell them, come on, you got to bring it because our ratings are slacking. So now right. in this case, which, um, which does like, happen, does happen almost every week. Our ratings slack all the time. <laughs> Yeah, so hilarious, but yeah, um, yeah, it sucks, man, when you're in that position. But then, usually, you know, if one unit's playing poor, um, it's a trickle down effect, you know. And I wouldn't say that, um, even last game that even the offense was playing poor, they're playing poor in the sense that they had four turnovers, and Jacksonville turned those turnovers into 20 points, and they just came at inopportune times. Um, obviously Philadelphia, they got smacked. And then Cincinnati, I honestly feel they had an opportunity to to beat the Bengals if they would have got that last um that last drive, which they didn't get because of that penalty. So now, you know, four weeks later, you're looking down, you know, the gun of the San Diego's Chargers who just did their quarterbacks coming off of a career performance. But at the end of the day, you're still a playoff team. You're winning your division. 
you're playing in the National Football League, so nobody's going to feel sorry for you. So it's only up to – and, like, look, Coach Rabel knows it. Um, the, those guys in the locker room knows it. Nobody – it's obvious. Nobody is coming into that locker room to save them. They have to do it themselves. And, look, four games left. If they finish strong, they're not limping into the playoffs. They're going into the playoffs, you know, with some belief and some confidence. So kind of a follow-up to what Austin asked, not just the offensive players, but have you ever been a team or a part of a team where maybe the offensive coordinator is a dead man walking or the head coach is a dead man walking? Everyone knows it. He's not coming back next year. And the mistakes continue to pile up, like we've seen from Todd Downing in this offense this season. Have you been a part of that, and what is that like? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, you know, because that's when you start talking amongst your your, your your teammates, your brothers in the locker room, like, man, man, this guy sucks. Or, like, why is he calling that play? Or what's going on? What are we doing? And that could kind of lead to, like, maybe some words back and forth between offensive players and defensive players. But, um, you know, as a player – yeah, I've definitely seen that, um, you know, because the offensive coordinator is on the sideline. I've definitely seen defensive players, you know, ask the offensive play, offensive coordinator, you know, what he's calling and not so many, not such nice words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you, Mike Vrabel came out this week and said, you know, they're not making any coaching changes or at least not reshuffling the decks or the assignments or the responsibilities amongst the coaching staff in season or they'll uh, address all of that at the end of the season. Do you agree with Vrabel's approach? At this point I do. You saw what happened when they got Jay Rob out, you know, maybe he wasn't the right guy based upon fans, you know, thoughts and the way, you know, the, the product that's put out there. But Miss Amy obviously is the businesswoman. She's thinking about, look, I got a new stadium coming here in a few years. We were the number one seed last year. Every time we played Philadelphia, we got beat up. We played Buffalo, we got beat up. When we played playoff teams, you know, we haven't fared well. And our quarterback is getting killed, you know. Um, and I'm sure there are some other reasons that went into her decision. Obviously, I didn't speak to her, you know, but um, I think if getting rid of Todd Downing now, you're really, really throwing in the towel. Like, you know, I just think you ride it out. And if anything happens with the offensive coordinator, let the NFL do it, like um, Frabel said a few weeks ago. You know, it was it was the first time we saw Amy Adams Trunk really make a, a real strong move like this. I mean, she'd, you know, they'd part ways with Mike Malarkey and, you know, they've been, a ha- been through a handful of GMs since she took over. But you were drafted by her dad. Uh, are you are you starting to see some similarities with how Bud ran the team, which is in a very serious matter? He didn't like losing in Houston. Amy obviously didn't like losing to AJ Brown in Philadelphia. Made the change then and there. Do you see any similarities between the two? No, I, I honestly don't. You know, with all due respect to Mr. Adams, you know, for everything, he just wasn't a very present owner. He wasn't present at all. Really, he would be in town for obviously the Houston game in Buffalo. And look, the man lived and ran his businesses in Houston. Mr. Underwood um, ran the football operations here and, you know, they did a great job. So I know from the one year playing with the Giants, um, seeing Mr. Matter at practice every day, 
walk in the field with, um, you know, the GM at the time, Jerry Reese, and just knowing that Mr. Mara was really vested into his team. That's kind of what Miss um, Amy reminds me of, you know, an, an active owner, somebody that's into the day to days of what's going on. Whereas, you know, Mr. Adams at that point, you know, was an elder, was an elderly gentleman you know, and he had someone in that position to do it. But I think, and I know the approach that um, Amy Adams-Strunk takes to her ownership is dead on. I think, um, you know, it's, it sends a great message to your team and your organization when the owner is present, when the owner does make decision. And it actually shows that she's a winner. You know, uh, you have a playoff team. You were a number one seed last year. Jay Rob has done a great job since he was here, you know, um, all, you know, outside looking in. Um, of course, you know, not everybody drafts great. Not everybody has great off seasons, but he has had and put had good enough ones that allowed for the Titans to have success over the last five, six, seven years. So um, there's something to be said for that. Speaking of being a business owner, uh, how's the coffee shop going? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just coming from over there now, man. That's what. That's why I'm late, man. I'm over there taking care of some last minute things. I'm not. I just got a new GM, so I'm not going to fire. fire <laughs> so, so you you have a lot of similarities with the Titans right now. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I don't want to. <laughs> hey, I don't want to. You know, put more waves in the water right now. I'm just kind of. You know, let everybody get in where they fit in and get used to the new situation. <laughs> there, there's okay. a similarity there. A defensive player is carrying the load for Just Love Coffee. <laughs> I know you guys are on Demumbrian. I know you're in Cool Springs. Or any other locations? Oh uh, yeah, Just Love. We got 28 locations, man. We uh, it was a great franchise I bought into out of Murfreesboro. So the original one is out of Murfreesboro. We have three there with our um, our roaster, and then we have one in Mount Juliet. Then we have some. In you know Alabama, Austin, Texas. So you know we're trying to franchise across the country. So slowly but surely, we're taking small, small wins, small victories. Yeah, no, a lot of the similarities continue. You you roast coffee (laughs) beans, and the Titans offense gets roasted every Sunday. So it's oh, I like that one. A lot of similarities. Austin, I, I actually went into the Cool Springs location with my girlfriend to pick up a quick bite to eat and a coffee. To get the day, I think I was maybe there. on Saturday. Keith signed a, co- a bag of coffee beans for me. Uh, I love it. <laughs> he was over there I signing all his coffee there. bean bags. I thought it was see awesome. that. See, look, you can't. Baby. You I remember. You can't I get that coming in. You can't get that at Starbucks. Yeah, you can't get that at Starbucks. You can't get that at Dunkin'. You can only get that at Just Love Coffee. You need to go to Just Absolutely. Love Coffee. Folks. I support the Titans on in on. Yeah, hey, I appreciate the free advertisement. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hey, listen. The, the Titans have a big decision to make this offseason, and you probably the best linebacker in franchise history. I know you've got an opinion on this. David Long Jr., when he's been healthy, he's been a factor. His contract's up at the end of the year, and there may be a team that's willing to shovel a little more money his way than the Titans. Do you think the Titans should go out of their way to bring him back? I mean, he's he's uh, this is his first year as a full-time starter, but we've seen him have big games and big moments in the playoffs against Lamar Jackson. The guy steps up against mobile quarterbacks, and he's gotten better in pass coverage. So wh- how do you evaluate David Long heading into the offseason? I think that it's unfortunate that he got hurt because, you know, at the end of the day, the best of uh, the best um, thing is to be available for the team. You know what I mean? And going into this, to this year, um, 
and the way he's been playing, he's putting himself in position to make a lot of money. Now with the Titans, they could be like durability comes into it. So when you start doing contracts, obviously they're going to try to get him for as low as they can, but he's going to come with a price tag. But yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, who else are they going to get? I don't know who's out there right now. He knows the he knows the defense. He plays very he's beyond playing instinctive at this point. He actually knows where to be. He understands how the offense is trying to attack the defense and he puts himself in position to make a lot of plays, you know, uh, you know, within the run game, gets his hands on the ball within the pass game. So yeah, he's right there on the cusp of taking that next step to become maybe a pro bowl, possibly all pro player. If he continues to develop within this system, but um, I think it's going to come down to a situation where the Titans might offer him and he might be able to get more elsewhere. So, you know, we just have to wait and see. But I think he's somebody, if they can lock him in at a low number, um, go ahead and definitely try and keep your defense um, together as possible. Speaking of uh, low prices, do you guys offer punch cards or rewards program or anything at Just Love? <laughs> yeah, we got rewards program for sure. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> Good. I like that. That's my favorite thing because I am yeah, nah, a coffee hey, yo, loyalist. About the community. Our store is philanthropic, man. We're okay. always giving back. Uh, Keith, do you see the uh, – who do you see uh, – what do you see happening first? The Titans winning the AFC or Cuse winning the ACC? <laughs> the Titans winning the AFC for sure. Okay. Before All right. Yo. We started Syracuse. We started off seven, what six and zero, and finished yeah. seven and six. Yeah, that yeah, uh, that sounds very <laughs> sounds very similar to the Titans season. Yeah, yo, you know what? <laughs> I I was hard on the I was hard on um Syracuse, but then like some um, fans on Twitter kind of brought it back into perspective and made me realize that. These kids, like, because they charge the field against somebody. I'm like, oh, come on. Why are you charging the field? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but, yeah, these kids haven't had the experience of going to the games because it's been COVID. And they were a ranked team. And, you know, so they they had all their highs early in the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they they, they uh, emptied their their uh, emptied their chamber a little too soon in the year. It's, it's it's called premature something. They shot their load <laughs> too fast. <laughs> hey, KB, looking forward. I, look, obviously the Titans ceiling isn't, you, you know, Super Bowl like we'd all had hoped. And we looked at the Bengals last year as, as an example of a team that just got hot at the right time. Now they had a more explosive offense than the Titans do. But ultimately, how far can the Titans go if they start firing on all cylinders like they did against Green Bay, like we've seen them do at times this season. It just hasn't really been consistent. Yo, I just think that they're in a rut right now. You know, they start off 0-2, then they went on a six-game or five, six-game win streak, you know, after they got beat up by Buffalo, and they got down to their ball, their type of ball, got back down to basics. Like we say, Cincinnati, you know, I felt they could have won that game, possibly if the offense got another shot. They got beat up by Philadelphia, and then last week, like, they couldn't get out of their own way, and Jacksonville took advantage of all of those situations. So I think that if they can get trailing back, Burke back healthy, and he's out there, you know, stretching the field as he was doing the last several games before he got that concussion, um, you know, I think that that's 
something that can help, but I feel to go all the way far and to maybe play for the Lombardi. Um, the Titans are good when they're able to control the time of possession and make the opposing offense play their game. And Philadelphia is a team that I honestly thought that they were going to, you know, play better and maybe have a chance against Philly, but they weren't able to suffocate them because they have obviously glaring weak spots in the secondary. And when the pass rush isn't on all cylinders and they're really missing Danico Autry, mm-hmm. um, when the pass rush isn't on all cylinders, it gives those quarterbacks more time and those deeper developing routes, more time to develop. And, you know, we saw it early in the season when the teams are able to get time and take shots on the Titans. Um, you know, it's been a recipe for success for the opposing offenses. How much would you, as a defensive guy, how much would you have killed to uh, rush a quarterback against a guy like Dennis Daly? <laughs> you know what? I don't even really, I don't really pay too much. I start paying attention to people when people talk about. So Dennis Daly, I yeah, I, I guess he's getting beat like a drum out there. <laughs> um, yeah, give me freebies all day. I'll take freebies all day because I didn't really get too many. And he's, you know what? Dennis, unfortunately for Dennis Daly, he's showing up on people's scouting port. The opposite way you would like to show up as a player. As a player, you want to show up as, like, that dude. He's showing up as that dude to go after. Like, <laughs> right. you know, it's, that's a free treat right there, unfortunately. And I'm not attacking him personally. Just merely talking about his football game. The highest no, that's, sack that's what percentage, the highest sack percentage allowed since 2014 uh, with a minimum of 300 snaps. Any yeah. offensive lineman in NFL since 2014 with 300 yeah. snaps under his belt, the highest. We're witnessing history this season. Yeah, those any every, each week those guys are signing up for the free lunch program on his side. <laughs> yeah, you would talk about a rewards program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Keith, Keith, um, I I've got a list of names here, uh, names that I believe you're 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 familiar with. I'm gonna read these off real quick to you. Um, Eddie George, Kevin Mawai, um, uh, uh, Mike Rabel, Jeff Saturday, all former players, some some foes, uh, but others teammates, all have gotten into the coaching ranks. When are we going to see Keith Bullock, uh, head coach of somewhere? You know what? There's a Peter Sermon's a coach too. Sermonator. I Peter Sermon, good one, great oh, one. Not yes. in the NFL though. I don't think he's in the NFL. Well, yeah, 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 Eddie. Eddie's coaching college, so right. I mean, like, I mean, you know what, man? I like life too much right now. You know, like <laughs> life is good. Like I can't complain, you know. Sure. It's like I told Eddie a few a few like a month ago. I was like, man, like we we're just having a talk, having a cigar or whatever. I'm like, you know what? I understand, but the the difference between my coffee shop and his job is I can close my coffee shop tomorrow for like 3 days and not have to go. <laughs> I could go on vacation. Eddie has to answer the bell. Every right. single day and the type of person that Eddie is, he's not not going to answer the bell. He's going to accept those challenges. And I'm the same type of person. So my challenge right now is my three kids in a coffee shop. I'm good with that. Yeah. 
the only time you have to watch film is when someone breaks into your store, right? Like right. he has to do exactly. it every day. Oh man, right? I mean, look, if if the if the situation was right, of course, you know. Um, but you know, someone would I wouldn't go actively putting my application in. If somebody like thought I was a fit for their for their operation. I would put my head down and, and get to work, but uh, well, no one, no one's calling my phone. I'm just doing podcasts right now. Well, if you ever get any calls, they definitely weren't from Austin or I. Um, yeah, if I ever get a call, you and Austin will be my first do you, interview. Do you want to <laughs> oh, be? Yeah. Do you want to be an offensive coordinator? Because uh, I feel like there's going to be an opening in Nashville, so you won't <laughs> even have to move soon. So. I mean, look, you know, I don't have to be an offensive coordinator, but the Titans, they just get me in the building. I'm sure they'll be able to find something for me. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> hey, look, I'm willing to play the long game. Like you said, it's 15 minutes down the street. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. Ms. Amy, if you catch this, how about your boy? <laughs> I mean, even if you just interned, you'd be good at getting coffee for everyone. Hey, uh, well, hey, that I, much. Call me the coffee guy. It's on deck. <laughs> like like uh, kicking and screaming, the juice box boy. Um, but hey, Keith, <laughs> Christmas is right around the corner, and all our listeners need to stop by Just Love, whether they want one coffee bag or 53. That being said, Titans play on Christmas Eve this year. Have you had any fond memories playing at or around Christmas? I know it's a weird time for for players to play just kind of like the Thanksgiving game. It's, it's a weird dynamic of, you know, you're missing out on family stuff, but you've also got a job to do. Do you have any fond Christmas memories on the playing field? Yeah. So my rookie year, I didn't, I didn't really play too much, but um, you know, we played Dallas on actually Christmas night and yeah. um, it was a blowout. I got in and I got a, my first pick six. They ran a flat route to Emmett Smith and, um, you know, took it to the house and yeah, I, that's, that's, I think that's the only time we played on Christmas. We had I, Christmas E games, Christmas ish games, but nah, that was, um, I would say that's my best memory for a Christmas game. That's a big one. I remember, I remember that game. I was at that game and it was, that was pretty it was, cold. it was cold. It was cold, but my goodness, when you win, it, it feels so much better, you know? Yeah, like that was a solid team. Like, like I said, I didn't play too much, but that 2000 team was a real solid. It was a good team to like set the foundation, uh, you know, for the football player I was gonna become. Yeah, yeah. Well, and now, and now you, you can see him pushing coffee beans at at Just Love Coffee. Go visit him, Slang and Joe, baby. Go <laughs> visit our guy Keith Bullock. He's good to this pod. Now you guys go be good to him. Keith, dude, we appreciate you taking the time, man. It, always love chatting with you. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was in a dark place when this interview started, but just based off of <laughs> the last hour, Jack and I have been talking Titans football. But now I am, I, I, I feel better, and I'm, I am lifted up. Some would might even say I'm caffeinated. Yeah, I'm glad, man. Just look at it like this, man. Like at the end of the day, the Titans are in the play. They got to win one to get in the playoffs. We want them to win at least four. Three is good. Momentum, we just need momentum right now. And then it is what it is when it starts. You know what I mean? You get a home game. And, like, if Cincinnati comes in, I think fans will say it's been a great season if they get redemption for last year, beat Cincinnati in the first round, play a tough second-round game. Like, there's this season is salvageable. It's not over. I'm just trying to give you more hope. Keep your smile all right. going all day. Thank you. No, we thank you. Uh, we need that more than you know, Keith. <laughs> There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. 
Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Shout out to Keith Bullock. Always uh, fun being joined by him. Love that dude so much. And uh, you know who else I love, Jack? A guy who used to be a Tennessee Titan, much like Keith Bullock, but is now with a new team. He has followed Arthur Juan Brown North to the city of brotherly love. And this one, it hurts. I'll be honest. Look, do I, do I am, I, I, I think the Titans punting situation is in a good spot with Ryan Stonehouse. Obviously we get to see him uh, perform many times every Sunday, but I, uh, but I do still miss Brett Kern as he is a Titans icon, a legend. And now he is an Eagle. This is conflicting because, you know, I would have been even okay if Brett Kern went to the Bills like we all thought he would before uh, things got rolling this season. Uh, I would have cheered for the Bills to win a Super Bowl. Now, I, you know, it, I go back to that famous quote. It's not enough that I succeed, but I also want to see my enemies fail. <laughs> I, I want to see A.J. Brown fail, but now that Brett Kern too. goes to Philadelphia, it kind of softens the blow because – as much as I want A.J. Brown to come up short, to drop a ball, a ball in the playoffs, to cost the team the game, I want him to end Philadelphia, end his time in Philadelphia with regret. However, I also think Brett Kern deserves a Super Bowl. Brett Kern was responsible for a handful of wins, most notably the Patriots win that ended Tom oh, Brady's yeah. time in New England. People forget about that punt that he had towards the end of the game that really iced the game, put the game on ice with the Patriots having to operate from inside their own two with 15 seconds left. So I'm going to miss Brett Kern. I'm going to be pulling hard for Brett Kern. I just, I just hate the fact that if Brett Kern gets a Super Bowl ring, that means AJ Brown will too. Am I, is that, is that fair? No, no, that's fair. I, I feel a little bit differently. Obviously my disdain for AJ Brown this season has been well-documented on this podcast. I, but I feel like that week where the, Eagles blew out the Titans and AJ Brown scored on back-to-back plays and spanked the goalpost and was you know eventually fined for it but uh the fact that he spanked the goalpost that goalpost I don't know if you guys know this or not that was us that was us he You're spanked the goalpost. the goalpost he had to give us a beating and then he hugged us and said he still loves us that to me was like closure uh in a way it was yeah. wow okay well he kicked our ass and it made me frustrated in this sense. And then and then obviously the John Robinson book, the chapter of uh of this era of Tennessee Titans football was closed. It was also the nail later. in the coffin for me to where you can't possibly say that the AJ Brown trade was anything outside of an utter and complete failure. Like no matter the player <laughs> that Traylon Burks becomes, he could oh, be yeah. TO. He could be AJ Brown one day. But the I, Titans I, I needed think... A.J. Brown today. They needed him this year. And that kind of – that did give me a little closure because I can now finally admit I don't have to, you know, argue internally with myself anymore. Hey, uh, let, let's give Traylon Burks time before we grade this trade. No, 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 no. Titans lost that trade. It's time to there, move. There's a, there's a chance. There is a, a sliver of a chance that Traylon Burks just outshines and develops into an all-pro Jeremy Macklin, even A.J. Brown type player but will it be during the titan super bowl window well yeah and but even but that's a very small chance i think i think more likely than not this is going to go down as the worst trade in titans franchise history dennis daly Um, trade was bad (laughs) well (laughs) that's fair 
<laughs> that is also fair. Thank you. Um, thank you for reminding me of that. A, it is, but I, I do think just in terms of talent, um, because that, that five fifth round pick could be anything. Okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you know, I could get a boat or the mystery box, but the mystery box could be anything, even a boat. That fifth round pick could be anything, even a Dennis Daly. So we don't know. Um, Good point. But I will say that I, so if I would like to see Kern get a Super Bowl ring, however, um, not when he's teammates with AJ Brown, I still want to see AJ Brown uh, lose uh, in dramatic fashion. I want him to have an algae crumpler level of fumble. Uh, get, uh, for the Eagles in the playoffs to cost them a playoff game and have the entire city turn on him. I that, I would love that. I would love that more than most things, honestly. That's the only solace I'm taking in. Yeah. The, like, yeah, the Titans aren't going to do anything in the playoffs, but the F Eagles could bomb in the playoffs, and that's what I'm hoping for, even though they look better and better every single week. Let but, me ask you this. Does Brett Kern's jersey get retired? Do we see six Ooh. hanging from the top of Nissan Stadium and soon to be I, Coliseum again? As much as I want to say yes, it's hard because because keep in mind before Brett Kern there was Craig Hendrick. Yes, Craig Hendrick uh, walked so Brett Kern could punt, and I, I I feel like if Craig Hendrick didn't get that notoriety, I don't I don't see Brett Kern getting that notoriety. Um, Tough punters, Craig Hendrick. It's tough for punters. It really is. It's tough for kickers. I mean, hell, the, look at Aldo Greco, Joe Nedney, all the kickers of Baronis. Ryan's Ryan's suck up Rob Baronis. Yeah. Like very little love for those guys. So Cairo Santos, it, people forget. I think Cairo Santos. Yeah. Tucker McCann, uh, maybe One Cody day. Parkey, Cody Parkey. Um, he never missed a field goal in Tennessee. Ah, he may have though, actually. Yeah, no, Cody Parkey definitely missed a field goal in Tennessee. He's, he's missed one everywhere. He was he was during that run where everyone was missing. Steven Goskowski, remember the the uh Ryan Santoso? Uh, uh Def Def uh Stefcon five. Uh, Stefcon Stefcon what, meter. A, what an era that was. Oh man, we we had some good that. times. Dude, I also is depressing times. Real quick shout out to Peter Cooper, uh, who was a writer for the Nashville scene and the Tennessean. Uh he's a music writer and uh, he he also played a little music and stuff and worked for the Country Music Hall of Fame. He passed away this past uh week. And he uh, he worked he which I'm getting this has a point that I'm tying back into the Titans, but he did the first profile of Steve Gorman Sports, which was the first radio show that I worked on in my uh, radio career. I was the I was the executive producer of that show. the The drummer of the Black Crows, Steve Gorman, was the host, and it was music and sports tied together, and it was awesome. We were on the game. We started off nights, then they moved us to afternoons. We were like the lead into Dave Ramsey. Why in the hell was Dave Ramsey on a sports talk station? No one will ever know. They but, need to get him uh, back on because Luke Orsham could do a number on that. <laughs> That's true. That is true. The um, but the so so we had this sports talk show that was very. Uh, there was not a lot of um, help from the the station itself with providing us resources to have success. Ultimately, the show did go national. It went on to Fox Sports for a while. So the show was very, very good. It just locally did not get the love and respect that it, it should have from, from the station itself. However, it was noticed by people uh, that had, you know, that were well off. Obviously, the guy who, who brought us national, but also a guy like Peter Cooper, who's heard our show, wanted to do a profile on Steve and the show. And he did. And I'm reading I'm rereading this article uh, as I was remembering Peter Cooper's life this past week and rest in peace to him. 
he he wrote about our show and little things that we did in the show. And Jack, I know you will love this. We had a bit on our show, Steve Gorman Sports, on uh, back on the game way back in the day, called the Kenny Britt Index, <laughs> where we would we would update the Kenny Britt Index on a regular basis, and it was Kenny Britt's touchdowns, career touchdowns to number of career arrests. Yeah. And so it, it was like 15 to eight for a while. And then like at the time that article was written. And then if he scored another touchdown, we'd be like, Hey, it's time to update the Kenny Britt index. It's we're now a 16 to eight, or if he got arrested, it's now 16 to nine, you know, like it was just, I remember we so did a, ridiculous. We did a segment on one of our earlier episodes where we went down and read Kenny Brett's, oh. Kenny Brett's uh, arrest record. We did like a whole lengthy. episode. Yeah, it was it was an off season episode, obviously, which uh, the t- true tuppers know just how wild and ridiculous our off season episodes can get. Where we read the entire arrest report of Kenny Britt, uh, just one arrest after another, just phenomenal stuff. I feel like I, I was doing tighten up podcast bits on Steve Gorman Sports decades ago, and <laughs> that only led to where we're at today, which I I absolutely love. So That's anyway, shout out. Shout out to Peter Cooper. Uh, rest in peace, man. A, a, just a terrific writer and wanted to give him a shout out. But um, Jack, we've got to get out of here. We've uh, the Chargers game this week. The Titans are probably going to lose. <laughs> Let's be honest. I, I that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm I expecting that. I think you can get right out west. Clear your heads. That nice, salty Jack. sea breeze coming in. I the think true Titans, Titans fans right. know that when they go out West to play the chargers, it is, that is the most difficult game true. that they play. They, they have never, well, at least when they were in San Diego, Qualcomm stadium, the Titans couldn't win. It didn't matter how much better the Titans were than the chargers. For whatever reason, it was like a Bermuda triangle for this franchise. And I'm hoping that's different now that they've moved a little North up to Los Angeles. They don't have a but, home field advantage. Really? I mean, it, it's the Ram city over there. I, I think the Titans can come way indoor playing on turf. It's it but, caters to throwing the football around, which put the charters. I, well, I, I love that you're breaking down this game from every aspect, but I'm not going to do it. Talent, because the, the talent on to, the field, literally uh, the Titans have to show me something this way. I can talk all I want till I'm blue in the face about matchups. But Justin Herbert is a better Trevor Lawrence than Trevor Lawrence was. And Trevor Lawrence just put up a, his career best game against this Titans defense. It Austin is Austin Eckler is going to be a nightmare. I'm telling you. Oh, Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen. Allen. Everyone's going to be a nightmare. Uh, like if you thought the Jaguars lit up this team and look, I, I, I have faith in the defense. I have the, I have faith that Brable and his staff can right wrongs. I have no faith in this offense doing anything against that uh, that Chargers. Oh, how about this matchup? Khalil Mack versus Dennis Daly. Who wins? Dude, you could have said Condoleezza Rice versus Dan- <laughs> Dennis Daly, and I would have gone with I would have gone with Deza, man. Oh my gosh, Ryan Tannehill, say say your prayers, man. Uh, you you might want to actually go to penance because this could be your last day. Uh, if Khalil Mack gets back there, so. no, no, no. This it's team's gonna not going to change. This team's not going to change anything till the off season. Uh, they've waved their white undies with the giant skid mark down the middle. They're they're waving the white flag. It is uh, follow this show on Instagram where we have surpassed one thousand followers. Woo! Tighten up podcast on Instagram. We have reached our goal, one thousand followers by draft night. Thank you to all the Tuppers who follow us on there. We appreciate it. Now we got to get the Twitter up. Okay, Job tell a friend. Finished. 
Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're trying to get to a thousand followers by draft night. A thousand followers to at Titan Up Pod on Insta. I mean on Twitter. Follow us there, please. Uh, we, we're constantly pushing out content, uh, tweeting out inside jokes from this podcast on there. If you like this show, if you get this show, you'll love what we do on Twitter. So follow at Tighten Up Pod, or if you're already doing so, tell someone else to follow Tighten Up Pod. Encourage, uh, encourage our friends and our, our Tupper community to just grow. You can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack a Gentry. You can follow myself on Twitter at Austin Huff. And of course, follow a to Z sports on all things. Social a to Z sports.com is the website to go for uh, all of your Nashville content. And um, Jack, uh, do you got anything for the road? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Titans have anything for the road? We'll see. Yeah, that. we'll find out. We'll find out on Sunday. My goodness. Uh, guys, it's been a rough week, but look, we can get through this together. Let's get through it by laughing, and that's what we're going to try and do. So uh, we're all in this together. Everyone want to do and I sell, and I see it. Do you know what that's from? That's high school musical. I know. Okay. All right. Good. If you didn't get that, I was going to say that came out when you were like in kindergarten. So, um, (laughs) all right. Like prime teenage years, I think maybe, maybe like tween years. I bet you were a big uh, high school musical guy. Didn't you? No, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I definitely watched it probably twice or three times, maybe in my life, which is like pretty solid numbers for me. If you get, if you get me to watch something three times, you're doing something right. High school musical Ashley Tisdale. You go girl. <laughs> T as T T as in Troy. No, Gabriella. T as in Tennessee Titans. Let's get the hell out of here. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, all right. We love you guys. Thank you so much for following in and uh and listening to the show. Rate us four and a half stars uh and uh point five stars to buck a rate review. Subscribe to this podcast. We appreciate it. Uh okay. Uh with all that said, until next week, my gosh, may God be with us all. Please shed your grace and mercy upon every Titans fan alive. Until next week. Tighten, Tighten up. up. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a music city miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they'll keep